How's it going guys? Welcome back to episode number five of Vietnam Introduced. It's been a while <laughs> since the last episode, but uh, I'm really looking forward to record uh, today's episode. And the topic for today is the Vietnamese language. You know, because I don't know if you guys have seen my YouTube channel called August 8, but I get a lot of questions regarding, you know, how I learned the language and uh, why I speak the language, etc., etc. And I'm going to try and make a video about that separately. But today I just want to um, basically introduce to you guys the Vietnamese language and what it's about and what it is and my take on it, you know. And I did some research and we'll make this into at least two parts to keep the episodes not too long. So today is going to be an introduction and, and then talk further about some details about the language, etc. So if you're completely new to Vietnamese, then I can tell you that, uh, you know, obviously it's an Asian language, it's from Vietnam. And what's very interesting is that, you know, the language family, it's uh, in the language family called Austroasiatic. I don't know really how you pronounce that, but, and the two largest languages in modern time in this language family is Vietnamese and Khmer, the language of Cambodia. And then there's a third uh, language called Mon, M-O-N, that is spoken uh, by about 800,000 people in southern Myanmar, aka Burma. And then there are a plethora of lesser spoken language languages in this region. So that was pretty interesting when I read about that because first you can maybe assume that Vietnamese is like the same language family as maybe Chinese, but it's actually not. So it's a separate language family. But what's very interesting is that you have many loan words, etc., from Chinese, which we will touch upon um, later. And some stats regarding, you know, the latest figures shows that about 94 million people speak Vietnamese natively in Vietnam. And the population in total is about 97 million officially around that. So you have about maybe three, four million people that don't speak Vietnamese as a native language. And for example, many of those people are one of the... 54 ethnic minorities of Vietnam because there are groups of people living in you know many places in Vietnam throughout the country where they speak uh, you know a total different language and some of them don't even speak Vietnamese at all and some of them can speak fairly well like for example last year in December I went to um, the region in the north called Yen Bai and we did some trekking there and we had some uh, locals, you know, helping us, some helpers. Um, and they were of the Hmong ethnicity, you know, and they could speak Vietnamese fairly well. You mean, you know, uh, you can hear they had a slight accent, you know, when they spoke Vietnamese. You could tell it's not like fully native. And then amongst themselves, they were speaking Hmong. You know, which was very interesting. I mean, they've been living in the, uh, 
you know, in Vietnam for many generations, but they are, you know, in, they are basically closed off. Uh, some of them went to school in like the smaller towns, but some of them remain out in the outback where they basically don't learn the language. And just for a side note, that's very interesting about the Hmong people because they are spread, you know, around the countries around this area like Laos, uh, Thailand, even Cambodia, you know, but they are like the same, you know, they speak the same language and they, they are connected um, over the borders, you know, with each other, obviously. And uh, actually, Vietnamese has been officially recognized as a minority language in 10 countries. And I didn't know that, actually, when I did some research. And those countries are Australia, Cambodia, People's Republic of China, Czech Republic, France, Laos, Russia, Taiwan, Thailand, and the United States. And I read further that in... Uh, the Czech Republic, for example, it's considered like a minority language, obviously, but in their um, policies and regulations, le legislations rather, uh, they made it like, um, you know, you can basically get help with the authorities, you know, in Vietnamese. You have a right to um, get information about the authorities and if you go to court or whatever, you have the right to basically conduct yourself in Vietnamese, for example, which was very interesting. I didn't know that. I know that they have a quite a large Vietnamese diaspora living there, you know, minority community in, in Prague especially. Uh, many of them came from the Eastern Blocs uh, in the 80s, from the north of Vietnam, for example. And in this language family that is called Austro-Asiatic, Vietnamese is the biggest language in this family. And like I said before, it is a bit different from other languages in this family since Vietnamese, the Vietnamese language and culture has been heavily influenced by China and Chinese. So like I said in the beginning, there are many words that are very similar actually that you might not know if you don't speak both languages, for example. And... Uh, just, you know, off the top of my head, you know, there are a few examples. For example, the word for, um, uh, it means like prepare, chuanbi uh, in Vietnamese. It's chuanbei in uh, Mandarin. So it's very similar, chuanbi, chuanbei, you know. <laughs> so that's basically the same word, you know, just a tiny difference in the pronunciation. And you have many, many words like that, but just uh, to name a few more. For example, the word for uh, um, uh, divorce, you know, it's lihuan in Vietnamese. And in Mandarin is lihuan and lihuan, very similar, as you can tell. And then there are a plethora of other words uh, that are very similar. Um, and the language has also been influenced by French, you know, since the country was occupied and invaded by the French and they stayed there for a long time. And some uh, obvious words are, for example, café, which means coffee, and in French is café. And you have, for example, salac. Salac is salad and it's from the French salade. And then another word for... Um, Butter, like butter, which you use for cooking, 
It's beurre, and in French it's beurre, beurre, beurre. Uh, very similar there. And just a side note there, uh, in Vietnamese, beurre can mean two things, right? So it can mean either butter or it can mean uh, avocado. So the, the fruit avocado is beurre, but the butter you cook with or eat or whatever, it's also beurre, for example. But everyone will understand what you mean depending on the context, obviously. You know, if you say, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I use um, beurre for cooking, you know, they would know that you mean butter and not avocado, obviously. I'm not a linguist, right? But I will give you my perspective on the language in general and just some thoughts about it and stuff like that. And I really want to break this down into a few parts, you know. But today, I'm just going to introduce a little bit about just pure information, basically. And uh, if you don't know, the Vietnamese language uh, uses tones uh, for speaking. And that basically means that there are six tones in the language, right? And the tones basically give a word a specific meaning. So in Vietnamese, there are many words that basically, they are the same words, right? But they just have a different tone, which gonna change the meaning of the word. That's a very typical thing in Asia, for example. There are many tonal languages around the world, but you know, we have some obvious ones, Vietnamese, Thai as well, uh, Chinese, you know, all variations, you know, even Mandarin, Cantonese, whatever. It's a tonal language. And interesting thing is that Khmer, which is in the same language family as Vietnamese, is not a tonal language. Uh, and that can be hard to master for foreigner. And for example, in the beginning, you think you understand a word, but <laughs> you, you think you like hear a word like, oh, I recognize this, this word, but maybe it's uh, actually a different word. Me personally, and I'm going to touch upon this later on in a specific video for you guys. But for me personally, um, I cannot really remember that it was hard for me to distinguish uh, because I never studied the language in terms of like, you know, traditional studying like words and listening to tapes or have a teacher or anything. I just listen to people talk and I just understood it basically as you learn like your mother tongue, you know. So so for me, um, as of now, for example, I, I never mistake a word for another word. I know exactly which word they say. And when I say a word, it's very rare that I mispronounce in terms of the wrong tone. Maybe I mispronounce the word that is not really 100% correct, but I'm not going to miss a tone. I, I don't remember that I've done that maybe a long time ago or something, but I cannot remember that I've done that actually. Okay, so the six tones are in uh, no order here. So you have the flat one first, for example. By the way, uh, tone is called zou, zou uh, in Vietnamese. So that means tone, zou. And the first one is basically a flat one because it's just flat. You know, like I said, I'm not a linguist, but I'm just trying to explain here. Like I give you some examples, like one word, uh, which means basically you fall, 
like when you eat and you feel full, it's gnaw, 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 N-O. So you can hear it's pretty flat, right? Gnaw, gnaw. It's just, it doesn't go up or down or any, any other way. It's just flat, right? But uh, we have another word that's gnaw, gnaw, which you can hear it goes up, right? Gnaw instead of gnaw. And gnaw can mean, you know, a lot of, not a lot of things actually, but it can mean that, uh, this, uh, he, she, you know, it can refer, you know, it can be referred to people or things basically. So that's the second tone. And uh, then we have a third tone that goes basically down, you know, and I just try and think of um, a word on the spot here. But for example, okay, there's one word that's die, die, die. It basically means like uh, request or demand something in a maybe a bad way. Like you request something in a not very good way, basically. It's hard to translate, but anyway. So as you can uh, hear, it's like die. It goes down, right? Um, so that's the third tone. And then we have another tone. And the name of this tone is high, high, which means ask. So, and the word for ask is high. <laughs> so you can say that this tone is called ask, basically, you know, and I don't really know how to explain this tone, how to say it. You just have to basically feel it, you know what I mean? But it, it goes kind of up and down and on the, on the side at the same time, but it's like high, 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 người ta, high người ta. ask them, you know what I mean? Uh, and then we have a fifth tone, uh, which the name of the tone is ngaa, ngaa, which means uh, to fall down, basically. Uh, at least in a northern accent. In the south, I believe they say te, te is the same as ngaa, for example. Uh, and that one is also hard to explain, but it's just like, it like... <laughs> goes up a little bit then it's like hacking basically and goes back i don't know but like or like for example another word is which means alley in the northern accent like basically <laughs> you know it's a little bit weird i never you know seen i never thought about the tones in this way but anyway an interesting thing is also like in the southern accent the tone high and ngaa, they are basically mixed up in a way, like when they talk, uh, because I don't talk with a southern accent, right? But they tend to mix these two up. They basically pronounce them the same way, you know? So that could be maybe confusing in some way if you're a foreigner and you try to learn and you're like, wait, wait a minute, you said this word, but you said this word, but... I don't really know about that, but they tend to mix it up. And you can actually tell because sometimes in the South, they have like a sign, right? Outside a restaurant, for example. And uh, one one good example is um, 
in the south, the word for tofu is dohu, dohu, and hu is with a ngaa accent, right? The ngaa tone. But sometimes you can see they write dohu, hu. So they write it with a high accent or tone, but in their pronunciation, it would still be, excuse my southern accent here, but like dohu, 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 <laughs> you know. So they tend to mix that up a little bit, uh, which could be confusing, I guess, if you're new. But for me, it's, uh, you know, I never had a problem with that because I can figure out what they're saying, you know. And the last tone uh, is called nang, nang. And that means, uh, it could mean heavy or strong, depending on the context. So as you can hear, it goes like down. You know, you can think of that you're saying a word, but you're saying it quick. And you can just fantasize that the word just stops in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but like nang, nang, or uh, which is like, uh, outer province of a of a city, for example. Uh, so those are the tones, right? The flat, the one that goes up, the one that goes down, the one that goes a little bit up and down, and then you have the one that goes up and you know cut back a little bit, the nga, <laughs> and then the last one, which is you know the dot, you know, just na na, you know, just. Um, anyway, those are the tones, you know what I mean? And they, uh, maybe they can be confusing, uh, if you're not used to, uh, a tonal language and stuff like that. But actually I've seen people who speak a tonal language as a native tongue, right? But they sometimes still have trouble, like distinguishing, uh, words in Vietnamese with different tones. So maybe it really is difficult. I don't know, uh, actually, because I have like, you know, obviously another perspective on the whole thing, right? And like I said, this episode is going to be about, you know, an introduction, the tones and the history about the language, because I don't want to keep the episodes too long, right? So we're going to talk about in the next episode about, for example, the different dialects, accent and stuff like that, writing systems. But Today, I just want to talk about a little bit about uh, the grammar, you know, and again, I'm not a linguist, right? And I've never studied the language, but from my point of view, the grammar is fairly simple in my opinion. For me, it has always been pretty easy to form sentences, you know. Of course, not maybe correct and perfect in, in every case, but just genuinely, uh, generally, uh, creating sentences for daily speech, I never have a problem. Never had a problem with that, and uh, I just find the way you create a sentence just is very easy. I don't know as a native Swedish speaker, but you know I speak a few languages here and there. But it's been fairly easy with the grammar, I would say. And Vietnamese does not use the morphological marking of case, gender, number, or tense. So I try to give an example here. Uh, okay, so Phương, Phương is a name, right? Phương. So if you want to say, for example, Phương is very tall, you just say Phương 
Gao Lam. Gao means tall. Lam just means very. So you don't really have the is in the in this context. So you just say Fung tall very. Fung tall very. Fung cao lam. That's just what you say instead of Fung is very tall. And another way to say, uh, I can give you another example. Fung is a teacher. Fung is a teacher. Then you would say Fung là giáo viên. Phương là giáo viên. So it's basically Phương is teacher. So in this case, you actually say is in a way. I cannot explain that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd, I'd, uh, I would probably fail like a grammar uh, test. Maybe I would be able to guess everything right. But I cannot explain this, right? So the Phương is very tall. Phương cao lắm, there you don't say là, which means is. But if you say Phương is a teacher, you say Phương là giáo viên. So there you add the is, but you don't have the a teacher. You just have teacher. Phương is teacher, you know. Uh, so that's just an example of the grammar, right? So I think it also depends if you have the feeling to learn a language, right? Because for me, it's just been very easy the whole time just to understand how to create sentences. And I know the grammar is not complicated. So it's not that it's hard, but maybe it could be confusing in some ways. I really don't know. But uh, generally speaking, it's very, not, uh, it's very easy. You know, Like I said, it, the language does not use the morphological marking of case gender, number, or tense. So, uh, let me think of any other example. Like, um, if someone asks you, for example, Oh, have you eaten yet? Bạn ăn chưa? Bạn ăn chưa? Bạn is you in this case. An is eat. Chưa means like yet as a question. And then you can basically just say Tôi ăn rồi. I Eat, have, basically. Zoi is basically that you have done something. So you just say, Tôi ăn rồi. Tôi ăn rồi. I eat already, basically. You know? And then just shortly about counting and months, right? So to say the months in Vietnamese is actually very simple, right? So you just need to know how to count to 12 and how to say the word uh, month. And the word for month is tang, tang, uh, T-H-A-N-G, with a tone that goes up, right? What we talked about before. So you basically just say tang một, một is one, right? Tang hai, tang ba, tang tư, tang lăm, tang sáu, tang bảy, tang tám, tang chín, tang mười. Tháng 11, tháng 12. So you basically just say month, one, month, two. Very simple, right? And so if you know that, you know how to count as well. And the counting system is, in my opinion as well, extremely simple. 
you know, I never thought it was difficult. And if you know how to basically count to 10, then you can basically count to at least 100. <laughs> you know, so you have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's 1 to 10. So, for example, if you want to go further, you want to say 11, right? You say 11. You say 10, 1, 11. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> 12. 12, 10, 2, 13, 13, 10, 3, 14, 14, 10, 4, right? And for example, 19, 19, 10, 9. And 20 is 20, 20 is 2. And 20, we don't say 20 in this case. It's 20, so the tone actually changes. And maybe that could be confusing in a way, but you will learn that, you know, after a while. 21 becomes hai mui mot. So if you remember, I said one is mot, mot. But when you say 21, the tone changes of mot. So it's hai mui mot, not hai mui mot. When you learn the language, when you know the language, you know why it doesn't make sense to say that. So I don't know how they change the tone or whatever, in what context and when, but it just makes sense to do it, if you know what I mean. Like, hai mui mot, hai mui mot, two, ten, one is 21. 30, ba mui, three, ten, right? And for example, uh, 90, chin, Mui, chin mui, nine, ten, right? Ninety-nine, chin mui, chin, chin mui, chin, nine, ten, nine, right? And then hundred is mot, cham, so mot is one, right? You know, cham, cham is hundred, and then if you know that, you can just go on further. Hai cham 200, ba cham 300, bon cham 400, lam cham 500, you know. And uh, in the next episode, we're going to talk about further uh, with the accents because that's very interesting. So I hope you can stay tuned and uh, listen to the next episode where we're going to cover accents and the writing system as well. It's very interesting and has a lot of history behind that as well. So I want to thank you guys for uh, listening this far. And if you have any comments, you are more than welcome to comment either if you're watching this on YouTube on the channel Vietnam Introduced or if you are listening to Spotify, you can send me a message on the Facebook or you know Instagram, whatever. If you have any suggestions or just any thoughts about the topics in general, I would love to hear from you in that case. So having that said, uh, thank you guys again for listening and uh, I'll see you in the next episode.